Welcome to Chasing Possible, a podcast where I sit down with ReliQuest founder and CEO, Brian Murphy. And as we go through the story of ReliQuest history, each episode is designed to give you a look into the mindset we've relied on to make security possible. Now let's go get it. All right, Murph, here we are, 2016 now, Chasing Possible. What do we got? What's going on at ReliQuest in the year 2016? 2016. This is a big one. Uh, this is a game-changing year for the company. Um, That's a bit of game-changing. Game-changing. Um, All right, let's go. And the most uncomfortable mm. in a way. So I had a lot of experience coming in 2016 operating the company, running the company, growing the company, right? We've, we've been through it. We've been over it. We've been under it. We've been through it. And um, – we started to really take off. I mean, we were closing big logos, right? We had Comcast, NBC Universal coming on, um, wow. Aqua America is still a customer today. Um, you know, uh, Deposit Trust and Clearing Corporation is still a customer today. I mean, these are big logos. We were dominating in the enterprise. And our approach was simple, um, deploying detection content r- regardless of your technology, right? So then you started to see the emergence of Splunk, um, was really taking market share. Probably 2014, they started to come on. Might be wrong about that. 2015, 2016, and they, you know, they're they're starting to really grow uh, and do well. Uh, you've got Q radar out there, logarithms coming up, and so still the data is largely on prem in 2016. It's all on prem. So the 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 focus of security was to get all the data in the sim. That's all you needed to do. That was the thought. You had firewalls. Um, you had some you know, basic kind of antivirus endpoint type thing. Um, you know, you had a bunch of appliance based hardware technology. Um, you know, Palo Alto is growing like crazy doing their next gen firewall. So just to kind of paint the picture, the data was still sitting in one place. It's still sitting, look up at the ceiling, follow the blue cat five cable until dead end. It's either in a closet, a warehouse, or, um, someone else's data center, but all they did was supply the racks and the power and the, um, you know, access to, uh, the connectivity, but it's still, you bring in your hardware to somebody else's rack. So data is still in one place and we're building detection content and parsing data. So we knew that if we could eliminate the data we didn't need, um, it would cut down on the consumption charges that customers were paying into their SIM, we could get in more of their, whether it's their antivirus, more of their logs, firewall logs, you know, uh, NAC, whatever it was, right? So um, we're coming out of 2015, we're, we're red hot, right? Um, we're billing six month and 12 month contracts up front. Um, we are, we're winning really large enterprise logos. And we're doing this with like a sales team of five, no marketing capability. We had no market capability, but we were phenomenally good at field marketing. So we punched so far above our weight uh, in 2015 and 2016 working conferences, right? So you had RSA, you had Black Hat, and we would show up there and in 2014 and 2015, it would be like, again, I, whatever credit card balance I have, we'd have uh, a group of us 
sharing a room, right? It'd be two to a room. Um, and, and we'd have, we could only afford a, a meeting suite. So somebody would be sleeping in that. And we just run all over Vegas or all over San Francisco. And we would spend the two months leading up to the conferences, cold calling, setting up one-on-one meetings, uh, with all these large enterprises. And, um, you know, when I talk to people today and, and, you know, they're like, Oh, enterprise companies are so hard to sell to. And we define enterprises companies doing a billion or more in revenue. Right. So here we are, this 50 person company, we should have no business winning Comcast, but Chris Elliott got Comcast on a cold call. He must call him a hundred times, 200 times, 300 times. I don't know over a year, got him on a cold call and they're willing to listen. Wow. That's a funny story. Um, not to go back in time too much, but, um, 2015 still in it. It was just tough on Renee and tough on the kids, uh, growing this business. And, uh, I think it was 2015 might've been 2014. I think it, it is 2015. Um, I take this vacation, like my niece, uh, Reagan, uh, is, um, graduating from high school. She has down syndrome. She's like my, I'm, I'm, closest to my niece for whatever reason she's always loved uncle brian's my oldest brother's daughter um we've always had a really cool bond and um and so it's her high school graduation and they live in northern virginia and so uh you know what we're gonna go there early we'll take the kids to dc um and we'll uh we'll go see reagan's graduation and my parents come with us and man, I'm just miserable. Like I, I can't turn it off. I can't be on vacation. I think it made it worse. It's easier to be home, uh, and around me because you got your own things you can go do. Right. But man, when you got me just supposedly walking around in a hot DC, um, you know, in June and, uh, and I can't, I can't turn off phones ringing off the hooks. We got all these cuts. We're just too, we're small and we're growing like crazy. I mean, we're growing a hundred percent a year at this point. And, um, Ellet had been chasing Comcast forever and, uh, Ellet, Ellet's power dialing me. I call him. He's like, Hey man, I hate to do this. So graduation's on a Friday. Ellet calls me Wednesday night. Um, no, Ellet calls me Thursday afternoon. Hey, Comcast says they'll meet with us. Great. When? Friday. Oh no. I'm like, Ellet, like, I, I mean, I can't, I can't do that. I got Reagan's graduation to get to on, on Friday night. He's like, it's only a, I forget what it is. Like from Philly to DC, it might be a two hour drive or two and a half hour drive. Renee's so furious with me. Like I'm, I'm leaving her with my parents in a DC hotel in the middle of the only vacation we've taken in years. And I rent a car and I get up at four o'clock in the morning and I drive from DC to Philly for an hour meeting at the Comcast headquarters. Um, and then I turn around and drive to Northern Virginia and get there. Like after the commencement, like the, the valedictorian or commencement speech already gone sure. or whatever. So I'm like sitting down just sweating. I mean, I'm, I've been through it that day, but Oh, Renee was so furious with me. So we spend the weekend, um, and then we end up meeting them uh, two months later at Black Hat, and that's when we frame up the deal. And when we closed Comcast, it was a boom. I mean, those guys were great. 
they're still customers for us. They work for a bunch of different companies now and they're all current customers, but they single-handedly just through their transparency as a customer and willingness to tell us what worked and what didn't work. Plus they were the largest ArcSight instance in the world for a private company. Um, and the detection, and they were world-class, like they were good at what they did. So they built great content. So if our detection content could work for them, it could work for anybody. And that's really when we started to frame up the first concepts of um, what became gray matter, right? It was called a lot of things, but was really working in that environment because they were trying to get us to work with them on how to get, not, not have to send all the data to ArcSight because they couldn't even consume all of it, right? So how do they build this big data repository? And a lot of the stuff that we worked on there became pieces of gray matter. So um, just a backstory there, but uh, I, that was, uh, man, Renee's wanted to kill me over the years a lot. Um, and she's amazing uh, and has showed me a lot of grace, but that, and Ellet, that ranks in the second most uncomfortable conversation that Ellet's had that's got me almost killed by Renee. And the first was uh, about, 30 minutes before Parker was born, Ellet blowing up my phone because one of our consultants was threatening not to go back into the job site. And I had to call this guy and I step out of the room and take a phone call because it's the only way I could pay for that delivery. Wow. Um, so uh, so Ellet has, uh, goes down in Reliquist history of calling me at the worst absolute times. Um, but you know, we made it work. We found a way. We did the things that other people weren't willing to do. And think about how many people yeah. have said, I'm not, you know, this is my vacation. I'm not leaving vacation. I'm not saying what I did was right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's what I did. And sure. um, so, so now sometimes when things come up in the company and people get worried about what a competitor is going to do or a market changing or a, a global pandemic or a great recession, and they all worry about like, oh my gosh, what if I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, I know how much pain I'm willing to take. I know what I'm willing to do. I think we'll figure it out. Right. So there comes like a, a calmness to that, if it makes sense. So, so 2015 was big, right? We had some big wins and once we close Comcast, it's like, it just, I think we grew it like 130% that year over year. So we're, we're going from 50 employees to a hundred and, and, you know, we add, it went from 50 to a hundred and I think in four months or five months, it's insanity. Like that's really wow. hard to do. Um, we expanded the Tampa office. Uh, we had moved the sock by then 30 days after we opened the sock, we had to move it out of the conference room down the hall into what we call the closet. Uh, and then we had to move it. Um, then we, when Comcast came to visit the space, we did a rendering for, uh, uh the floor below us in the building, uh, of a big space that was unoccupied of what the sock would look like. And that's what we showed them. Um, Nice. of what we we're moving into because we showed them the real sock they just <laughs> they would have laughed at us they were laughing yeah. at us anyway there's really smart guys uh and they, they knew they knew they were investing in a company that was going to find a way to get it done right and that that's what they sure. they had worked with the big providers they had worked with the mssps the outsourcers they love the model and and they really you know showed us a lot of grace and and look, Comcast, and especially these guys, they've, they've made a career out of helping other companies grow. They're just massive organization. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, we were fortunate. So we come into 2016 and, um, you know, my brother and his friend from college, um, when I started the company had, uh, 
written a check, $25,000 each, uh, into the company. And, um, you know, as we're going in and moving the security and all this, they, they got, they were, you know, he's a full-time federal agent, uh, you know, special agent in charge of drug enforcement agency. He, he's, he's not involved with how to run a company. So he knew very little what we did and how we did it. Weren't involved with customers, weren't involved in any of the operations. Didn't just didn't Were it's, you know, it's, it sounds like a bad term, but it's called, you know, dumb money where all you do is give money. You don't help, you know, sell things. You don't help build the technology. You know, it's just money. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, which is pretty typical. Um, but you know, it just, he just happened to be standing there at the bar and, and that's what we did. So, um, so we're coming in the 2016 and he, you know, I'm getting pounded. I started getting phone calls in the middle of 2015 from venture capital firms and private equity firms. I knew nothing about venture capital, private equity. Right. Um, and Rob was getting a point where the, um, the attorney general of the United States, he was getting promoted again. And the attorney general called him and let him know he's getting promoted again. And every time you get promoted, you got to refill out, you know, he's always got to be doing these assessments for all his background checks and clearances and those things. And he's always having to disclose, you know, this small company that he doesn't really know much about that his brother owns and, um, that he's, that he's, you know, he put money into it and and put 25 grand in it. Right. So, uh, (laughs) um, not putting a dent in that 600 grand. Right. So, uh, and that, that was early on that went fast. Um, so, uh, I started listening to some of these phone calls and there was one guy that kept cold calling, cold calling, cold calling, called Tim Holcomb. I created advisory board. Tim Holcomb was the chair, uh, of entrepreneurship for the Jim Moran Institute at Florida state of the entrepreneurship program. And we'd have like twice a year meetings where he'd drive down and Phil Moyer would be in the room and it'd be me, Phil and Tim and Colin and a couple others. And we do some kind of planning. And, you know, I said, I called Tim and I'm like, and, I, and Richard Cole called Tim on LinkedIn. Tim had moved from Florida State to Miami of Ohio to be the endowed chair of entrepreneurship there. And he was a partner at Accenture and then uh, built two companies and sold them off. So he's a really successful entrepreneur. So he's really on his third career, right? Accenture entrepreneur, now professor, doctor. Um, and uh, he calls me. He's like, Brian, I, I really think you got to listen to these guys. Like, it's pretty compelling. So I... Um, I called Richard back, had a quick conversation. This is December timeline. They called me back and said, Hey, we're going to be in Tampa, um, for some other things in January translated when you want to come see you. And they're a growth equity firm. This is FTV capital. So Kyle Griswold, not a partner yet at FTV flies in and, uh, I think we have an hour meeting, right? And he comes in our old, you know, building, uh, in our old L3, that L3 or khaki building over on Kennedy. And, um, it's a dump, right? I mean, it's just looking at what we're in now. We were in, and we sit in this just office. We were so out of space that it doubled as my office, Joe's office and Jason Pfeiffer's office and a conference room. So you just, it was just stuff everywhere is, is disgusting. And so we sat there. We were only supposed to meet for an hour. We talked for two and a half. What I loved about Kyle, and I knew he was missing his flight back to New York, and he never said a word, didn't blink at his watch. Uh, and then as we're talking, I just got a sense that, you know, I could deal with this guy. I still, I don't know what growth equity is. I don't know what private equity is. He leaves. 
he calls me a couple days later. Look, I really enjoyed it. Look, we'd love to make an investment in our queue. Well, I'm back channeling the Tim. He raised capital before he understands how it works. Tim, Tim's kind of guiding me through it. Um, and so I know in a, we're not telling anybody because that can be really distracting, right? So I think at the point, sure. Greg Farrell was a consultant for us at this point. We had hired a CFO. Um, that was an awful hire. I mean, this guy, um, I was trying to hire Greg and Greg kept telling me no. And so we hired, you know, you never, you know, you don't get married to the second or third choice. Don't go to prom to the second and third choice and don't hire your second or third choice CFO. Um, Fair. And so- he was just all hat, no cattle, right? Talked a big game, but when it came to doing the work, he just wasn't good at it. He was kind of better salesman than he was a CFO. So um, they send this term sheet and um, I'm reviewing it with Tim. And I, I remember I was in Vegas because we had just opened the office there. Um, and we were there to kind of visit with the team. We were doing some recruiting and uh so I get this term sheet, I'm reviewing it. I get on the phone with Tim, whatever. And so I, I call Renee and I'm like, Hey, we have this, uh, you know, this company that wants to invest us. She's like, what do you, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, you know, it's a growth equity company. And so normally you raise like friends and family, angel round, venture capital round. All, we didn't do any of that. Like we just, <laughs> just bootstrapped it right. Nine yeah. years of pain. Um, so here we are skipping to a growth investment. And had to really quickly kind of teach myself about valuations and multiples. And we looked at a couple other firms quickly, but what I kept just coming back to on FTV is every time they said they were going to do something, they did it. Um, they weren't changing and they really had this belief of we don't retrade. So the offer is the offer. We're not going to try to talk you down or, you know, we think you have something here. And, um, and so I remember talking to Renee and it was uh, probably, I don't know, three o'clock Vegas time. So six o'clock her time. And it was really cool. Um, it's one of the, with all the kind of struggle we've been through, it was kind of one of the first like big wins, um, like that we've mm -hmm. seen the family and the company together. And I remember the next morning she was calling me. It was like, you know, four o'clock my time and she's just fired up. And she's like, I stayed up all night researching, like private equity and, and growth equity and FTV and everything. She's like, I mean, really? Like, are we, are, are you, are you this good? Like, is like the company this good? Like, this is really exciting. Like it was kind of yeah. that one of the coolest, uh, I don't know, you, you know, you, in a, in a sense, you're kind of always, uh, you want to be recognized and seen by your significant other. Like you want to feel like you're, you're, you know, dragging food for the winter back into camp after the hunt. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so that was, that was a cool moment. And this story keeps getting better. Check out the second half of 2016 to learn how ReliaQuest started raising capital.